In Florida Ag and Review for the week of March 8th, we'll start off with an outlook on planting intentions. Well, it's decision time across the southeast as farmers make the ultimate determination on what they're going to plant this year. And Joe Nicosia, CEO of Allenberg Cotton Company, gives his outlook on the planting intentions for world and U.S. cotton acres. We're looking for cotton acreage to increase about a million and a half here in the United States across all the areas, you know, several hundred thousand both in the southeast and in the delta. Nicosia adds that as of now, cotton is holding its own versus other crops. Cotton's been beat up over the last three years. It was really the dog of all the commodities for the last three years. And now, finally, cotton is the one who's made the move. So cotton is the new darling for 2009, 2010. It's still not up to the levels of some of the other alternatives that are out there, but it's substantially better than it's been in the world. And with the yield advances that we've had, the price of cotton seed moving up, uh, the net returns of cotton are starting to move forward. It's still an expensive crop to grow, so it's still not at the point to where the total returns for the total risk may be warrant to uh, return to the acreage levels of old. But, you know, it's one step at a time, and we're taking the first step forward this year. And as we turn our attention to livestock news, Randall Wiseman has this report. Well, there are some wondering where things are heading with this new direction in the animal identification process, and that includes lawmakers on Capitol Hill. So Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack explained USDA's new animal ID plan this past week to the Senate Agricultural Appropriations Subcommittee. We are in the process of meeting with state ag commissioners and secretaries uh, this month. Uh, We start this process with our team meeting with those folks, and we will begin to develop a sort of a standard for how this could work. Uh, recognizing that once the standards put in place, it would probably likely focus on lower-cost technology, deal with the issue of confidentiality by ensuring that the federal government wasn't going to be having this massive database of, of information about people that would be used for purposes other than traceability, and work with folks in terms of the more difficult issues of liability. What we think will happen at the end of this is that there will be greater cooperation between state and federal government, There will be greater participation on behalf of those in in all sectors, uh, and we'll have a better job of promoting traceability. And at the end of the day, we'll probably reduce the cost overall to the federal government. And on another note, some lawmakers feel the proposed ag budget for the next fiscal year lacks a bit on conservation funding, but Vilsack disagreed. We believe that this budget actually appropriates more money to conservation than the previous year. It may not be as much as folks would like to spend, but given the fiscal realities, uh, we thought we did a pretty good job of balancing. The Agriculture Secretary said before a lot more money is pumped into conservation programs, management issues with those programs need to be addressed. In making sure that people were applying properly and that people were getting resources for the right type of conservation. So we want to make sure that as we increase and ramp up some of these programs, that we do it in a way that we manage the resources effectively. It will take a couple of years for us to fix this problem because, frankly, we tried to do too much too soon and didn't have enough people. But, of course, Congress will have the final say as they do on all budget matters. And on the citrus side of things, Ernie Neff has this report. Citrus Research and Education Center Interim Director Jackie Burns discusses a University of Florida researcher's finding in recent months that the Liberobacter bacterium is likely the cause of citrus greening disease, something researchers have long suspected. Dr. Eric Triplett isolated the Liberobacter bacterium specifically from phloem cells of infected citrus plants, and that was the only organism that he isolated from that tissue. That told us that we are almost sure that this is the organism that causes the disease. Burns tells what this finding may mean for researchers and growers seeking solutions to the disease. 
I think for sure it's going to help us with research, but it's also going to help us understand how the bacterium causes disease and will point us in a direction of being able to control it. And as we wrap up for this week, we hear from Everett Greiner on the future of southeastern farmers. Nobody knows how much agricultural technology will advance in the next 20 years, but economic and industrial leaders in agriculture see a bright future for farmers in the southeast. They see good land, adequate water, and a growing population, all of which will enhance the fortunes of southeastern farmers. Oh, there are some water problems, but nothing that can't be fixed, provided we uh, have normal rainfall. But when you look at population, you can count a growing number of people who are moving into and a growing population already in the southeast. In fact, right now, one out of five people in this country live within 200 miles of Atlanta. Nobody's measured the ability of these states to produce food, but it's strong and is getting stronger. New technology will add to this ability. The future for southeastern farmers looks mighty encouraging. And remember, you can find these stories along with all the week's Southeast Agnet reports on our website at southeastagnet.com. Julie McPeak with Southeast Agnet's podcast.